Hello and welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And my mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. This podcast is sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS, a 21-day plan that takes you step-by-step through healing and thriving with PCOS. It's all in there waiting for you, beginning with the three keys to living your best life as a PCOS diva. For more details, visit HealingPCOS.com. So today I'm so happy to welcome back Amy Robb. She is a renowned women's health and wellness expert and author, and she's a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist in private practice in New York, and she holds an MS in traditional oriental medicine. And Welcome back to the PCOS Diva podcast, Amy. I'm so happy to be here, Amy. Thank you. Well, I had you on um, a a while back when we were talking about your book, Yes, You Can Get Pregnant. And I had a newborn sleeping in the crib during our entire recording of the podcast. I sat out in the hallway outside. (laughs) I remember. Um, Yes, and we were talking about Yes, You Can Get Pregnant. Yeah, and now how old is he? Now he's two and a half. So two, yeah, yeah. So now you're going to talk. Probably two years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but something that you said um, in, in, about mindset in that book has really stuck with me, and I bring it up often in podcasts. Um, and you. when I'm on people's podcasts talking about fertility, I refer to this statement about how you have to shift your fertility mindset from being infertile, which I think a lot of women with PCOS, you know, they're told by their doctor, I know I was one of them, they would never have kids. So you're in this, this place of I'm infertile. And, and tell us how you like to kind of move people out of that belief, because we're going to be talking about beliefs today. Yes. Well, a, a big thing to me is that, you know, I always say fertility isn't an on-off switch. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you're on a spectrum. So you might have lower fertility at certain times in your life, right? And, but, but it's improvable. It's changeable. It's not, it's not broken. You know, it's not on or off. And so to, to begin to see that, you know, your fertility is an extension of your health, that they are not separate. And so if you can, if you can heal from, say, like, you know, diabetes, right, and get off your diabetes medication or, or lower your cholesterol or heart disease, why can't you improve and shift your fertility? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just about changing your health, improving your health. And then from there, beginning to see improvements like in your menstrual cycle, right? You know, with PCOS, like maybe we see a more efficient ovulation and the cycle gets a little shorter or, you know, that type of thing. And so to start to celebrate those small victories and see that, you know, your fertility is in there and it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's trying to come back to life, if you will, and that you have the power to, to shift that. But the other piece of it is is that if mentally you're walking around all day long saying to yourself, I'm infertile, I'm infertile, I'm infertile, that's that hurts your heart, A. That's like so abusive and um I just it makes my heart hurt, you know, to to think that someone's walking around having those thoughts. But also there's a lot of neuroscience now that shows us that our thoughts 
actually affect our neurochemistry, which affect our physiology and affect our cells on every level. So what we think can become a self-fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. you know, and then also your thoughts impact your behavior, which impacts your health. So if you're walking around saying, I'm infertile, I'm infertile, I'm infertile, then you, you're not going to listen to, you know, the recommendations that you or I make, you know, it's just, it's kind of like, oh, it's hopeless, it's pointless. You yes. Know? Oh, well. And so to begin to just you know, and I think too, you, you can do that within a community. You can see other women that were in your shoes once and that like, like you're a perfect example, you know, me getting pregnant at 40 is a perfect example of like, oh, well, Amy and Amy did it. So I could do it too, you know, and just, you know, just like they shifted their fertility, you can too, so that there's, there's still this hope. And, and again, that it's, it's not off forever or you're not going to stay on this you know, less fertile side of the spectrum forever, there's a lot you can do to shift into more, you know, uh, flourishing fertility, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I love thinking about it as on the spectrum. You know, you might be sort of less on sort of the lower yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. You can move. I mean, there, there's mobility, and you move up and down the scale. Um, 100%. That does give you so much hope. And um, today... You know, I, I wanted to have you back on to talk about your fantastic new book, oh, Body you. Belief. Um, I, I actually read it uh, last night while I was waiting for my son at basketball practice, like in the <laughs> parking lot um, on my laptop. But it's, um, it's really a beautiful book. And, oh, thank um, you. So aligned with what I try to teach women with PCOS. Um, you know, I frame it as thinking like a diva. Yes. You're uh-huh. framing it as, you know, body belief. And um, in your book, you know, you, the, your af- affirmative statement that you mentioned in the book is, I have the power to change my beliefs and radically change my health. Um, and you talk about um, in order to heal and thrive, you have to do three things, um, yeah. and I would love for you to kind of talk about them. Reconnect, renew, and reawaken. Um, yeah, well, first, thank you. I'm, I'm really proud of this piece, um, and it comes from so many years. You know, it's almost 15 years now that I've been mm-hmm. in clinical practice with with women, and and obviously the, the fertility, um, the writing, yes, you can get pregnant, really exposed me. To, to writing this book, it, it definitely led me in that direction. But, but what I see when I'm working with clients, and I'm sure you see the same thing, is if I just throw at them all of this, you know, okay, I need you to take this supplement and do this with your diet, and I want you to meditate, you know, twice a day and, you know, exercise and, you know, non-toxic bath and beauty products. Like, you know, if we throw all that at them, a lot of people will do it and will follow it, but I don't think they understand at the core the why behind it. Um, I mean, they might understand intellectually, but but the why are they doing it? You know, I always say, I want you to do the things I tell you to do because you feel better, not because I have to do this because Amy says it'll help me get pregnant, right? You know, um, and so I created this this three-part you know, um, the three-step process, if you will, that I think has to, has to go in order. So, so the first step in the book that I go into detail is, is reconnecting to yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and I see this, and I'm sure you see it a lot, is a lot of 
people come to us and women, you know, especially are very disconnected from their bodies. So there's, let alone not knowing, you know, what their bowel movement looked like that day to, you know, when they, you know, how much they slept the night before, but also connected or not connected to the emotions that they're feeling every day and how that's impacting their lifestyle choices, their behaviors, um, the conversation they're having in the privacy of their own mind and how that's impacting their health on a, you know, an overall picture. One thing that I notice with a lot of the women I work with and the clients in my clinic is when they first come to me, they're, they're just not even connected to their bodies, right? To, to their emotional state, their physical state, you know, and, and how that's all interacting and, and affecting their health. And so to me, if we really want to radically change our health, whether it's, you know, regulating hormones or, or healing an autoimmune disease, the, the first major step is we have to learn to reconnect to ourselves. And, and so by that, I mean, it's about rekindling that relationship you have with yourself. Well, hopefully it's rekindling. Some people never really had a relationship with themselves to begin with. But to become more of your friend again, right? Like, like have a compassionate, kind, loving mm-hmm. relationship with yourself and start to understand, you know, how you interact in the world, how you interact in, in the privacy of your own mind, um, and how when you're not connected, you know, it's like I use an example in the book of, you know, being disconnected is, um, you know, at lunchtime having a headache and not realizing that the headache is because you had a cup of coffee on an empty stomach and you haven't eaten since you woke up this morning, you know, and once when you, or jaw tension and not realizing that, you know, it's because you went to bed with a lot of stress on your mind and you clenched your jaw all night or you're not expressing your emotions about some type of situation or that when you eat a certain food, you get, you know, diarrhea or or constipation, you know, that there's this like disconnect that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so when someone's reconnected, they're, they're in their bodies, they feel, you know, they listen to the cues from their bodies and, and can connect the dots and say, oh, right, you know, I, I have a headache because like, maybe I didn't drink enough water today or I didn't, you know, I missed protein at breakfast or, you know, whatever that is. But, you know, until we're truly reconnected, I don't think that all of the lifestyle and all of the diet recommendations that we make, can we, you know, take on and, and really feel how they're nourishing and shifting us in, in the right way so that, you know, you, you adopt these changes from a space of I feel better versus I have to do this to heal. Yeah. It's two really different approaches, right? So, so the, the first step in the body belief process is to, is to reconnect to yourself. And, you know, and I, I talk a lot about it in the book and, and give some tips and strategies and tools on, on how to do that. I think the, the, the easiest thing to do is just to begin to listen and hear the cues from your body, right? So taking enough time to slow down and just listen. And that doesn't even mean you have to meditate. You know, I give an example in the book um, where when I'm in the clinic and I'm maybe running behind schedule and I start to think about the time and that I'm going to be late for my next patient versus I'm right here in the room with my patient, like feeling their pulses being present. I have this 
this thing I say to myself, I say, Amy, where are you? You know, and it's just my like instant reconnect. It just brings me right back in of like, right, I'm here, you know, with Amy having this conversation versus 15 minutes down the road that I have to, you know, Mm -hmm. hustle and get this patient out to get the next one in. Right. You know, so, you know, it's as simple as that of just like, okay, where are you? Or just sitting and taking a couple deep breaths and tuning into your body. How am I feeling right now? You know, that's just this, that level of, of connection is so important. Yeah. And that, I, I was ahead. just going to say that that, um, that was a good, that was like an aha for me. I tend to be very much like in my head and, um, you know, I'm, I'm an Ayurvedic, I'm a, I'm a Vata type. So I'm very much, you know, out here and I need grounding. And I thought that that was such a fabulous grounding statement to yeah. kind of say to yourself, me. yes, yes. So, I am going to put that in my toolbox. <laughs> I love it. It's great. I mean, I've been doing it for years too, where, and it's, and it's not like, I'm not aggressively saying, I'm not like, Amy, where are you? It's like, yeah. Amy, Amy, hello, hello, come back, you know? <laughs> and it is, it's getting me out of my head and back into my heart, right? And, you know, and, and, and then that brings us to the next step, which is when you, when you begin to reconnect and you form that kinder, more compassionate relationship with yourself, or you just even begin to live in your body more versus just in your head, you start to hear the conversation you're having in the privacy of your own mind. And so step number two in the body belief process is renew. And by renew, I mean renewing your beliefs about your body. And so just like we were saying about, you know, the the fertility being on a spectrum, you know, it's... um, you know, I always say, are you wellness focused or illness focused? Mm. And so if we're walking around all day, disconnected from ourselves, having a nasty conversation with ourselves in the privacy of our own mind, you know, we could use the infertile thing as an example. I'm infertile. You know, I suck. I'm never going to get pregnant. Everything sucks. I'm broken. Um, that doesn't really set the stage for, for radical healing. It, it just doesn't. And it doesn't set the stage for you to have the desire to nurture and nourish yourself because you don't like yourself. You're not mm-hmm. being very kind to yourself. So mm-hmm. you don't think you deserve it, right? You know, So you have to reconnect to then to begin to renew the beliefs. And, and again, the, the renewal comes from you being connected enough to begin to hear the conversation that you're having in the privacy of your own mind. And in the book, I have a tool I call it the art of shifting your beliefs. And it's, it's a three-step process. It's you acknowledge the belief. So I'm not saying the belief is bad or it's wrong or it has to go away and, you know, you have to replace it with all these positive affirmations because I also think unless you really believe you're worthy of these positive affirmations, they're not going to stick, right? They're just kind of superficial. So acknowledge, witness that belief And then ask yourself, you know, the R in the A-R-T of shifting your beliefs um, is reforming that belief. So it's almost like this question of how could I say it better, you know? So instead of saying I'm infertile, I'm infertile, I'm infertile, it's like, all right, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a low fertility state right now. But there are a lot of women that were where I am, were, you know, where where I am right now and their, their fertility improved. So, so I guess mine could improve or, you know, just even if you don't fully believe it, but I think, I think it's important to, to shift the belief from, from, from a one that's like really, I don't think very nice. It's like a bully ish type of belief that you're 
you're beating yourself up with to one that just feels a little softer, a little kinder, a little more believable, you know? Um, go ahead. I, I think uh, something that helps me make that shift is saying what if. Yeah. It's not an affirmative, like the, but it opens up possibilities. That's it, right. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I guess, yeah, what if? That could work, mm-hmm. you know? So, okay. And then, you know, and I, and I encourage you to, like, write them down, and then you begin to, you know, the T in the ART of shifting your beliefs is, is transform. And so you go from acknowledging it to, to reforming it in a way that's like, how could I say it better, be open to the possibility of change, and then you allow for that transformation. But so until we, you know, A, we have to reconnect and then B, begin to renew our beliefs about our body, can we really step into the reawakening process of our health, which then is a, a diet and lifestyle shifts, you know? And so one of my favorite spiritual teachers, um, Abraham Hicks, you know, she, she always says, um, you know, if you eat something and feel bad about it, it's a lot it's a lot worse for you than if you eat something and feel good about it, you know? And so it's, it's, it's almost, I, I think about that one, you know, say, I say, okay, you can't have gluten or dairy, you know? And, and I'd rather a woman say, Oh, I feel so much better off mm-hmm. of gluten and dairy versus I can't have gluten and dairy because Amy said that I can't have it. And then you feel deprived and then you feel angry that you can't have it. And then you rebel and you have it and then you beat yourself up for having it. So, you know, it's this vicious cycle versus like once in a while, sure, I'll have a slice of pizza and I, mm-hmm. I just love and, you know, cherish every bite. And, you know, so our beliefs play a real significant role. You know, another thing Abraham says that, that I, I, I mentioned in the book, too, is a, a belief is just a thought you keep thinking. You believe it into your truth and your reality. It is not a truth. It's just your truth. And then you, you believe it so much that you look for ways that, to support it in, in your outer world. You surround yourself with people that also believe that belief. And so it becomes a truth. Yeah. So I, I've been listening to um, The Untethered Soul. Oh, yeah. And there, I, had, yeah, I know it's such a good book. And there was, I had a big aha. But um, you are not your thoughts. You are the observer of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing. I mean, all that, like, chatter that's going off in your brain that you are not enough, mm-hmm. that, that isn't true. I mean, you, you just are observing that, and, you know, you have the power to reframe it. Well, that's it. And it takes time, mm-hmm. and it's training, and, and I don't think it's ever going to be something we perfect, right? We're always going to have our moments. It's just like if you could be in a state of, of being kind to yourself more than a state that you're not, you will see some radical changes in, in your life and in your health, you know? And, and your, your reality is your perception, right? So the the thoughts that you think shift or affect that perception. And so as you begin to shift those, then you, then you probably will begin to see the possibilities that like other women improve their fertility. So I could too. Other women have, have healed their PCOS. I could too. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, versus, Oh my God, everybody has it. It's like the most common fertility disorder, PCOS, you know, my ovaries are never going to work. You know, it's like, no, but you have to, you have to a hear the conversation. So you have to connect to your body and live in your body, and then b begin to just say to yourself, really in a in a loving way, like, 
could I say it better? You know, Mm -hmm. I said it in my first book in Chill Out and Get Healthy. I said, you know, if you, if you wouldn't talk to your best friend that way, you shouldn't talk to yourself that way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a lot of the things we say to ourselves, we would never say out loud to somebody. We're Mm -hmm. really tough on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, until we, so we reconnect, that we renew our beliefs, and then we step into that true reawakening process, which is where we embrace the lifestyle shifts. And, but I, I, I do think that those, the reconnecting and the renew have to come first for us to truly embrace that process and then allow for the healing to take place, you know, and then, you know, one thing I mentioned earlier, and I'll say it again, because it's that important, is that our beliefs not only impact our behavior, which impacts our health, but they shift our neurochemistry and shift our physiology, which affect our cells. And so, you know, it, it really is important to begin to say, you know, to, or to say some nicer things to yourself, shift that conversation and begin to believe in your body again, you know, and, and I don't know, appreciate it, live in it, love it. Um, honor it, cherish it, nourish it until we do that. And then, and then I think it, the lifestyle just kind of falls into place because then all of a sudden we're living in a connected state and, and we do feel better and we see it, you know, and it becomes easier. Mm. You know, I, I think um, you're, the, what you're talking about was my journey and my path. And, you know, I, I remember um, being so disconnected from my body and the way food made me feel I needed a glucometer, you know, yeah. a, a device uh-huh. to tell me what food was doing. Right. right. Um, and, and, and I also um, had to allow in my life, I call them mindful indulgences, because that vicious cycle, I was a weight watcher. Yeah. So I would blow the points and then, you know, binge because I would start all over again on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I would deny, deny, deny myself all of these pleasurable things. I know. Um, so you know, I love, I love that reconnect, renew, reawaken. I, you know, in the way that you framed that, it's, um, you know, and 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 how you um, kind of blow that out in the book. It's it's really um, impactful. Um, Thank you. So I want you to talk to us about. Um, sort of the mindsets that keep us from thriving and having, you know, and healing our bodies. Um, you know, let's, could, could you sort of go, you have four of them. Um, yeah. So, you know, again, like collected this from, from years mm-hmm. of working with people and, um, you know, I think, I think the, the number one mindset in which we've already touched upon in a sense is I am my illness. Right. So, you know, um, I encourage my readers in the book to to think about how they how they introduce themselves into the world or how they talk about their health. Is it like the first thing you say, like "Hi, I'm Amy. I have PCOS," you know, or do you weave it in there somewhere? Or um, has your you know infertility become a part of your identity? You know, and and I say that with a real you know, loving heart, because it's hard not to, and I, and I understand that, but again, it's this question of, are you illness-focused or wellness-focused, you know, so to shift it from, you know, hi, I have, I have X wrong with me, too, 
I'm dealing with some health challenges, but I'm, I'm working through them and I'm open to the possibility of things getting better. I know there were other people in my shoes and, and they've shifted their health and I can too, you know, and also that, that your whole life isn't revolving around this one thing, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you're finding, you're allowing your joy to come up and out again, right? And, and enjoying life and, you know, not denying yourself pleasures. And so when we walk around with this mindset, I am my illness, it's, it, again, shifts your whole perception your, or your whole world and, and your belief. You know, the more you believe that more you have that thought that you're you're reminding yourselves every day to maintain their state of illness versus their state of wellness. So, and another another big one is um, it's my genetics, uh, which that, is key for PCOS, right? Uh-huh. I mean, forty percent of women who have it have you know a mother that has it. Um, but again. They say only 5% of diseases are heritable, right? So Mm -hmm. it's your epigenetics, right? right? So, you know, and I talk about that a lot in the book, and and I'm sure, you know, you you talk about this all the time as well. It's you might have a predisposition, Mm -hmm. right? Your mom might have had it, so you have a predisposition. But how you live your life directly impacts whether those genes turn on or turn off. Mm -hmm. And... So you have a lot more power over your genetics than you think. Yeah, you know? and that's so key. And that's it. So it's like, okay, so mom had PCOS, um, and maybe mom learned how to manage it, and you, you're you now going to learn those tools from her, right? Mm-hmm. Or mom didn't manage it very well, and now she's also diabetic and, you know, all of these things. Um, you could do it differently, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's – it's how you live your life, which directly impacts those genes. So I basically say, like, no, that can, can't be your excuse anymore. It's not. No, it's not your genetics. Um, it's called epigenetics, and you have a lot of power over that, and, and science supports that, you know. I think it's, it's moving away from a victim mentality. It That's is. what I talk about. Mm-hmm. And, and that it's just like it's, it's a victim. And it's also just like, I call it the effort attitude, like as an F-U-C-K, you know, it could because why, why would I do anything different? It's in my genes. I'm, I'm screwed anyway. I'm going to mm-hmm. get it, you know? So I'll just, you know, n- not listen to, you know, how my blood sugar, you know, is all over the place and how my body feels all out of whack or, um, my body speaking to me. Right. So it is, it's, it's taking back the power and yeah. And giving up that victim mentality. Mm-hmm. And then you say, nobody feels that good. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think, I think this is like a pretty common one that I don't think we realize. Like, it's like, you can hear it in conversations all the time where you're like, Oh, you know, like even I had like, I had this bad cold last week and you can still hear it in my voice a little bit, but you know, people will be like, Oh yeah, everybody's getting sick. Like everybody's sick right now, you know? And it's just kind of this mentality of like, yeah, nobody's feeling good right now, you know? And, and this sense that, that we take that as being okay, where it's like, Oh, this is good enough. You know, like Mm -hmm. 70 or 80% of my optimal health is, is good enough. And I don't think it's okay to accept that, you know, that sure, we all have moments like I got a cold, right? And, you know, and I'm still recovering and, but I know what my optimal health feels like. And I also know how to treat my body. So, you know, 
to, to get back there and, and to not just accept this as the norm or that it's okay. You know, that, you know, and I say it in the book too. I think most of us walk around at 70 to 80% our capacity. Well, mm-hmm. we really could be at like 95 or a hundred mm-hmm. actually does exist, you know? So I, I think a lot of that ties into feeling like you deserve it, that you're worth it and you deserve it. And I think that also ties into your, your last sort of mindset that you talk about in the book. Yeah, there's kind of the same of just like I feel bad feeling good, right? So mm-hmm. the, I do. I think they overlap a lot. But I think the root of it is worthiness issues. Um, I, see my, I see myself in that statement sometimes, like when I'm in the clinic and – you know, it's like that conversation of like, oh, everybody's getting sick, everybody's getting sick, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, well, yeah, I really never get colds, you know, Be- but I feel bad about that because I don't want to rub it in. I don't want to say, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm so healthy and you're not, right? That's, that doesn't feel good in our society or it's not, it's, it's kind of frowned upon to, to be like obnoxious about, you know, I feel so good all the time. If people find it annoying, you know, so we, we curb it a little bit, but I agree. It's a worthiness shift of just like, well, I have it and and you can have it too, right? I'm deserving of it. And so are you Mm -hmm. so that we begin to change that conversation of, you know, Oh, this is good enough. Or, you know, Oh, I feel bad feeling good because nobody else feels this good, you know, and no, you deserve it. You, you deserve it. You're worthy of it. So I want to, um, I want you to tell us more about what is in the book because okay. it's, it's more than just um, this like mindset piece. But before you do that, I just, there's, I, can I read a couple quotes from your book that sure. just really, that really um, jumped out at me sure. and I, I think they're great. So you say it all starts with living in your body again with you shifting from a place of hostility mm. to one of compassion your body and all the cells in it hears everything your brain is saying. Yes. That's like my favorite statement from the book. Um, your body hears everything your brain says, period. Mm-hmm. And, I, and um, to me, that's, that's the takeaway. You know, there, there is so much in the book and there's a lot of tangible, actionable items in the book. But that to me is the takeaway. And if I could just get you know, and, and you too, right? It's, it's, I think it's the core of our mission. If we could just get people to, to, to love and adore themselves again, the way they are worthy of, you know, Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, that, that little bully will exist. It exists for all of us. It's there. And I think sometimes it's a good driving force, but, but I want the nice guy in there too, who's, who's, you know, sticking up for you more often than not. And, and this, this, um, quote follows right along with it. Um, and in your book is really about healing autoimmunity, but I believe that P- there is an autoimmune component. To oh, for certain. Yeah, for certain. Yeah. Um, I believe it too. So, I mean, that's also body belief comes from writing. Yes, you can get pregnant. And really the discovery that I think all of this unexplained infertility and then the other two most common things are PCOS and endometriosis. Um, we're and dealing Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's. Too, right? Well, we're dealing with which, right? I'm sure you find in your patients before. You know, mm-hmm. you're the one who tells your patients to get their antibodies checked more than their mm-hmm. doctors are. Um, 
all of this, these fertility challenges are undiagnosed or undertreated, mistreated autoimmune conditions. So I agree. And when I began to, to see that, you know, and, you know, and the plan laid out and yes, you can get pregnant, I think is, is a really good first step in, in beginning to heal the body and, and optimize fertility because it's helping heal autoimmunity and, and regulate that cellular hostility, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in body belief, I, I get a little deeper on, on the diet, especially. I think I go, I go a little, a little deeper for certain. Um, but this, you know, this thing too, in Chinese medicine, we always say like, so autoimmunity is the body attacking itself, right, on a cellular level. And, and I guess when it comes to PCOS, you know, some things to think about is, um, you know, do we have antibodies to our ovaries potentially, which could be one thing that's going on. Um, or even, you know, from an insulin perspective, you know, mm-hmm. is there there's some antibodies to, you know, to cells in the, in the pancreas and kind of like throwing that whole game off. And so there's, there's that level. But then the other level is if the body is attacking itself on a cellular level, where are you attacking yourself on an emotional level? And so that's why I really dive deep into the, the reconnection and the renewing of our beliefs mm-hmm. in the book, because I think to truly heal, we have to not just regulate the immune system, right, and, and kind of quell autoimmunity, but, but we have to regulate the emotional system too mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. quell those harsh toxic attacks that mm-hmm. we're, we're putting ourselves through every day. Yeah, so I, I really want listeners who are, you know, struggling with their PCOS, you know, may have thyroid issues, inflammation mm-hmm. due to endometriosis, um, you know, celiac. Um, well, that's it. They say that only 5% of people that actually have celiac are diagnosed. 5%. Yeah. Um, the incidence of autoimmune diseases has tripled in the last 40 years, affecting women 75% more than men. Mm-hmm. And that's because I, of our hormonal profiles, I'm positive, and all the endocrine-disrupting chemicals in our environment, right, which yeah. are impacting um, our hormones, then, you know, it throws everything off. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's serious. It's, autoimmune diseases are, are everywhere, and it's anything you could think of. I mean, from, you know, most thyroid diseases are actually misdiagnosed in their Hashimoto's. Yeah, you know, most women right. with hypo actually have Hashis. Um, but celiac, endo, PCOS, and, you know, then any like colitis, Crohn's, you right, know, right. and, you know, even I think some would argue IBS is kind of like setting the stage because, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know how much we can get into this with timing, but, you know, it all starts in the gut, right? And mm-hmm. so our 80% of our immune system is in our gut and, um, but not everybody that has, um, a leaky gut, right? Or, you know, if we get into that, actually has GI symptoms, right? They might just have other random autoimmune-like symptoms, uh, skin issues, right? Um, anxiety, depression, brain fog, hormonal disorders, <laughs> habitual miscarriages, right? All of these things can lead us to start to believe um, that there's some autoimmunity going on in the body. And so we really have to go in and, and heal heal from the inside out. And that's on a cellular level. And I think on an emotional level too. 
Yeah. And, and, um, you know, your book really lays out a great plan for, you know, doing it all the, and especially the, the diet and lifestyle piece as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I really want, um, before we go, I want to just share this last quote from your book and I want people to really listen to it and, um, assimilate what, what you're saying here. You say, Autoimmunity is a cellular attack against the self. It's the body's attempt to destroy and eradicate other parts of your body. It's hostile and angry. Love and kindness is the antidote. Mm. Belief in your body is key. Cheering yourself and your cells on is imperative. Finding peace with where you are and feeling worthy of all you desire is where transformation can take place. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm just so thrilled that you came on, Amy. And and thank you so much. Me too. Shared your wisdom. Um, You know, for those listening that, you know, your message is really resonating with them, which I'm sure there's a lot of ladies shaking their head right now. Can you tell us more about um, you know, where you can get your book. And I, I know you have some book bonuses too. For Yeah. So um, the book is coming out in, in mid-March and you can get it anywhere books are sold as far as I know. Um, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles for certain. And we are doing a body belief jumpstart to all those who pre-order the book. If you, if you're listening to this before the book comes out, but we're also going to keep those bonuses live and active for some time after the book comes out, probably through the end of March. Um, and it's a body belief jumpstart. So it's a one day digital workshop. It's about five hours of content from me, everything from cooking demonstrations to, some discussions on beliefs, how to shift our beliefs. We have like a health intention and desire workshop. There's meditation, there's yoga, there's Qigong. Um, so there's a real lot of stuff. <laughs> and, and like I said, it's about five hours of content and we're giving it away absolutely for free. I mean, we would sell this course probably for, you know, hundreds some odd dollars. And so it's free for anybody who pre-orders the book. Uh, before it comes out or even through that that first month of it being out we're going to have it up and it's you can go to amyraup.com backslash book gift forward slash book gift sorry i was confused then. okay and we'll definitely put that link in the yeah. show notes um, perfect so well i'll we'll have to have you on before your your son turns five okay yes okay so. i like that i like that Aim. i like that and we'll we'll talk more about gut health because yes. we weren't able to touch upon that this time. Um, but but all of that info is in your book. So yeah. Um, so thank you for coming. Thank on. you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you everyone for listening. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and learned a little something that can help you along in your journey. For more information about PCOS and PCOS Diva products and programs, visit PCOSDiva.com. This podcast was sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS. It's my proven 21-day diet and lifestyle plan to help women with PCOS take back control of their health and resolve their symptoms. Healing PCOS offers you daily, small, manageable steps 
that help alleviate symptoms and control the inflammation, hormonal imbalance, and insulin resistance that underlie PCOS. The 21-day plan consists of a 21-day anti-inflammatory hormone balancing meal plan, including meal prep and plan ahead tips to make eating like a PCOS diva sustainable. 85 delicious recipes, daily lessons, and self-care exercises. I have helped tens of thousands of women with PCOS take back control over their health and their lives through lasting healing and sustainable lifestyle change. So whether you're newly diagnosed or have struggled a lifetime with PCOS, this book is for you. Find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold.